Snip, Snap, Crock by Caroline Castle. One sunny morning, basking on the sandy banks of the River Nile, lay Snip, Snap, Crock. She swished her huge tail and sang out to all the creatures on the shore. Look at me, I am so fine. With these big, sharp teeth of mine, six of them go snip, snip, snip. Come too close and I'll nip, nip, nip. In a tall tree, Mother Baboon shivered and told her baby, listen to your mama and stay close by, for I love you more than the mountain is high. In the bushes, Mama Meerkat told her little ones, don't wander off, keep in my sight, for I love you more than the stars are bright. And in the long grass, Mama Lion told her bouncy little cubs, don't stray too far from your mama's side, for I love you more than the ocean is wide. Back on the sandy bank, something strange was happening. Snip, snap, crock, heard a little tapping sound. Underneath her tummy, the ground began to move. She started to dig, and out of the ground came a clutch of big white eggs. From the eggs came a sound. Tap, tap, tap. Creatures with little teeth like hammers were tapping their way out of the eggs. Then all of a sudden, one, two, three, and more little baby crocodiles came wriggling out onto the shore. Snip, snap, croc was so happy that she smiled, swished her huge tail, and cried, hooray, hooray, 23 babies born today. The other little animals watched as one by one, snip, snap, croc popped each baby into her mouth. Oh, mama, come quick, baby baboon cried. Oh, mama, over here, the baby meerkat squealed. Oh, mama, called the lion cubs, do something. Snip, snap, croc is eating her babies. But all the other mamas knew that Snip, Snap, Croc had a secret. Snip, Snap, Croc waddled down to the riverside, opened her huge mouth, and carefully popped each baby into the water. The newest mama on the riverbank told her babies, Stay close to me, and no harm you'll meet, for I love you more than the river is deep. Cuthbert the Lonely Crocodile by Gil Davies. Cuthbert the Crocodile is lonely. All the other animals in the jungle seem to have lots of brothers and sisters or lots of friends. They play together all day long, laughing and chasing each other, climbing trees and running beside the water. Cuthbert watches them and sighs. No one notices him or asks if he would like to play too. At last, Cuthbert asks his mother if he can have a baby brother to play with. Oh, dear Cuthbert, she said, I'm too busy looking after all my eggs to think about anything else right now. Run along now, and please stop looking so miserable. It's a lovely sunny day. You should be smiling and happy. Hey, watch that tail of yours, calls his mother. It almost knocked all my eggs down the bank just now. Cuthbert sits off for a walk along the riverbank. After a while, he sees Laura Leopard snoozing in the warm sunshine. Laura says, Cuthbert, do you think one of your little cub brothers would be my baby brother too? No, says Lara Leopard. They're too frightened of your teeth to play with you. And anyway, Mother is washing their ears right now. Next, Cuthbert calls to Mrs. Parrot, who is chattering in the trees. Hello, Mrs. Parrot. You have a lot of babies in your nest. Can you spare one of them to play with me, please? Oh, no, 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 says Mrs. Parrot. My little babies are much too small. I'm sure they'll play with you once their feathers are grown and they can fly, but today they are too tiny, much too tiny. So Cuthbert wanders off along the riverbank to see if Irma Elephant will lend him her little son. Oh no, says Irma, my darling son is my only child and I could not bear to part with him. I'm sure he will play with you soon, but today he's having a bath. Then he has to learn how to squirt water. 
Next, Cuthbert calls to Claire Chimpanzee, who is peering at him through the leaves. Please, Claire, could you spare me one of your twin babies to come down here and play with me? Oh, no, I'm sorry, replies Claire Chimpanzee. My babies like it up here, swinging through the trees and riding on my back. They would be very, very unhappy in your damp swamp. Sorry, Cuthbert, but don't look so sad. I'm sure you'll soon find a friend who wants to play. Cuthbert continues through the end of, to the end of the jungle and then heads out toward the mountains to the cave where the gorillas live. Hello, he calls. Hello, little gorillas. Will you please play with me? To Cuthbert's surprise, two gorilla babies come running out of the cave. They're very pleased to see him. The cubs start to play with Cuthbert for a while, rolling down the mountainside, laughing and giggling. But then Mother Gorilla calls them back inside. Hurry up. It's time for your supper, she says. Stop playing with Cuthbert and come back into the cave. Supper! Goodbye, call the two gorilla babies. Come and play again soon, Cuthbert. So now Cuthbert is alone again. He walks slowly back home. He waves to the chimpanzees and the elephants. He waves to the leopards. It's getting late. Bright eyes peek at Cuthbert from the dark shadows as he scurries along the path. At last he reaches the riverbank. Quick, croak the frogs. Hurry up, Cuthbert. Your mother has a wonderful surprise for you. Cuthbert rushes up the slippery bank to the top where his mother is waiting and smiling. Look, grunts his mother proudly. Look, Cuthbert, my eggs have hatched. Cuthbert stares in amazement. He cannot believe his eyes. In front of him are ten baby crocodiles. He crouches down to take a closer look. The babies climb up onto Cuthbert and stare at him. Hello, Cuthbert, squeak ten little crocodile voices. In an instant, the ten little babies are swarming all over Cuthbert, sitting on his head, sliding down his nose, and swinging on his long tail. They're tickling me, he laughs, and his mother watches them carefully to make sure the little creatures do not fall off Cuthbert's notes or slip down the riverbank. You are a very own big brother, squeaks one baby crocodile. Will you play with us, squeaks another? Yes, please, please play with us, they all squeak together. Cuthbert's happy face grins as only a crocodile face can. At last, he has brothers and sisters to play with. In fact, he has more brothers and sisters than anyone else in the jungle. The Littlest Dragon by Susan Quinn Long ago, when dragons roamed the earth, Mrs. Dragon sat waiting for her eggs to hatch. She smiled as the first egg went crack. She smiled as the second egg went crack. But when the third egg went crack, Mrs. Dragon gasped. Out popped the littlest dragon she had ever seen. Mama, said the littlest dragon. Aren't you sweet, Mrs. Dragon said. Dragons aren't sweet, snorted Mr. Dragon. They're big and strong. But the littlest dragon didn't grow big and strong. His legs were too short to run fast. He was last in the flying races because his wings were too small. Even worse, he could not breathe fire, however hard he tried. Whoever heard of a dragon who can't breathe fire, laughed the other dragons. Each day, the littlest dragon grew more sad and lonely. I'm such a crummy dragon, he sobbed. Little bird fluttered down from her tree. I will help you find a way to breathe fire, she said. How can you help, sniffed the littlest dragon. You're not a dragon. I can be your friend, the little bird replied. Then winter came. Mr. and Mrs. Dragon had colds. The littlest dragon's brothers had colds. And when dragons have colds, they can't breathe the fire. And without their fire, dragons can't keep warm. I will find someone to light our fire, said the littlest dragon. And off he went. The littlest dragon ran to every house in the valley. But every dragon in the valley had a cold and every fire had gone out. All the dragons were freezing. Please help us, they croaked. If only I could breathe fire, cried the littlest dragon. 
Suddenly, Little Bird had an idea. She plucked a feather from her wing and tickled the end of the littlest dragon's nose. The littlest dragon's nose began to itch. The littlest dragon's nose began to twitch. It itched and twitched, and then two fireballs shot out of his nostrils. I breathed fire, yelled the littlest dragon. Soon, every dragon in the valley had a fire to keep them warm. You're a hero, Mr. Bragan, Dragon said proudly. I could never have done it without Little Bird, the littlest dragon replied. He looked at the feather and smiled. He might never win running or flying races, but he could breathe fire. And with Little Bird as his friend, he knew they would never be lonely again. There's No Place Like Home by Dubrovka Kolanovic. William loved taking long walks with his mom and dad. And every evening when the stars appeared in the sky, his mom and dad took turns reading him a bedtime story. One day, mom and dad shared some happy news with William. Before long, a baby brother arrived. William was very excited. But now mom and dad were busy all the time. And when they forgot his bedtime stories, William was sad as he thought his parents didn't love him anymore. William wanted to find a new home, so he picked up his book and left. William found his friends, the ducklings, waddling through the forest. What's wrong, they asked. I'm looking for a new home, he said. Come with us to our lake, the ducklings said. It's very pretty. The lake was pretty, but William was worried about his book getting wet. Next, William met his friend, Little Mouse. Come with me to my mouse hole, Little Mouse suggested. It's very cozy. Little Mouse's mouse hole was cozy, but it was far too small for William and his book to fit inside. William then met his friend, Little Wolf. Come with me to my cave, Little Wolf said. It's big enough for both of us. Little Wolf's cave was very roomy, but it was too dark for William to read. The sun was setting. William was still looking for a home. He felt a friendly wing on his shoulder. It was Owl. Come to my nest, Owl said. I love reading. William followed Owl, but when he arrived at Owl's nest, it was too high. William felt lonely. It was dark and he was scared. The stars appeared in the night sky. He missed his home and family, but just then he heard some familiar voices. It was Mom, Dad, and his little brother. William, thank goodness you're safe, said Mom and Dad. Sorry for leaving, said William. Now I know there's no place like home because home is where my family is. Even though it was late when they got home, William and his family did not go to sleep right, right away. After all, Mom and Dad had to catch up on all the bedtime stories he had missed. My Colorful Chameleon by Leonie Roberts. I have a pet chameleon. I love her. She's the best. But Mommy doesn't like her. She says that she's a pest. Mom said, your pet is trouble. No, I said she's good. You'll see. She's hiding, Mom, just the way she should. The trouble is we lose her. It drives Mom round the bend. I must admit it's really hard to spot my little friend. Mom said, that pet is trouble. We lose her every day. But Mom, I said, I love her. Don't take my pet away. We lost her in the kitchen. We lost her late at night. 
Daddy spent the evening searching for her with a light. We lost her in the bathroom. We lost her in the bed. Mommy almost spat on her and nearly squashed her head. We lost her in the living room. We lost her in the car. It was my job to hold her, but the journey was too far. We lost her in the garden. We lost her in the hall. She was lying on the staircase and curled up in a ball. I lost her during show and tell. The teacher got quite mad. She said that I was trouble, the worst she ever had. Mom said, she's not trouble. The trouble is her pet. It keeps on changing color. We will take it to the vet. I told the vet about my pet. He said that I was right. She has to change her color to stay safe and out of sight. Mama said, how do we find her? We lose her every day. The vet said, we must look for eyes. Hers move in every way. So my pet isn't trouble. She really is quite good. She has to change her color to hide like she should. So now my mommy likes her because she's so clever. And our pet chameleon can live with us forever. The Ugly Duckling, Hans Christian Andersen. It was a beautiful summer day. The sun shone brightly on Mother Duck as she laid her eggs. Quack, quack, she went as she stood up to count the eggs. Gosh, that egg is a really big one, she thought. It will probably turn out to be a big, strong drake like Father Duck. Happily, she settled back down on her nest. Mother Duck had been sitting on her eggs for a long time when suddenly, crack, crack, the eggs began to hatch. One by one, the yellow ducklings appeared. Soon, Mother Duck had four beautiful, fluffy babies. Now only the really big egg was left. Mother Duck sat patiently on the really big egg until at last, crack, out burst a duckling. But my, what an ugly duckling it was. It was large and gray and not at all beautiful like the others. Hmm, thought Mother Duck, perhaps it isn't a duckling after all. I'll take it to the water and see. Follow me, called Mother Duck. One, two, three, four, five, the ducklings hurried after her. Splash! She jumped into the river. Quack, quack, she called out. And all the ducklings splashed into the water. Soon all of them, even the ugly gray one, were swimming along. Next, Mother Duck introduced her babies to the other ducks around the barnyard. Now, my dear, she said quietly, bow your heads and say quack to the old duck. All the ducklings, even the old gray one, did just as they were told. But the other ducks just laughed when they saw the ugly duckling. I've never seen anything so ugly, said one. What is that? asked another. Come here, called the old duck to Mother Duck. Let me see your children. Hmm. All are very pretty, except that big one. He might be ugly, said Mother Duck, but he swims well. Such a pity, sighed the old duck. Life around the barnyard was very happy for the four yellow ducklings, but the other ugly duckling had a terrible time. He was very unhappy. All the ducks and hens teased him because he was so ugly, and no one ever let him join in the fun. One day, the ugly duckling decided to run away. He scrambled down to the river and began to swim as fast as he could, away from the barnyard, away from Mother Duck, and away from the four beautiful yellow ducklings. Soon he met two wild geese. You are ugly, laughed the geese. You are really so ugly that we cannot help but like you. Won't you come and fly with us? But the ugly duckling couldn't leave with them because he didn't know how to fly. He walked on and on until he came to a hut. Inside the hut lived an old woman, a cat, and a hen. Hiss, hiss, went the cat. Cluck, cluck, went the hen. What, what, went the old woman. Looks like we'll be eating duck's eggs from now on. And so the ugly duckling was allowed to stay. Of course, no eggs appeared. The hen and the cat teased the ducklings. Can you lay eggs like me, asked the hen. No, replied the duckling. Can you purr like me, asked the cat. No, replied the duckling. 
very ugly, very useless, said the cat and the hen together. The other ugly duckling wandered back to the river when he, where he spent his days alone. Soon winter came and the weather became icy. The duckling grew tired and cold. One day a farmer rescued the ugly duckling and carried him home. The farmer's children tried to play with him, but thinking they were teasing him, he jumped into the milk pail. Milk spilled everywhere. Ah! Ah! screamed the farmer's wife. Ha ha! laughed the farmer's children. Luckily the door was open and the duckling flew out. The ugly duckling was happy when spring arrived at last. He flapped his wings and soared into the sky. Below he saw a garden with a large lake in the middle. On the lake were some beautiful white swans. I must go down to them, thought the ugly duckling. He landed on the water and swam toward the swans. They raced forward to meet him. The duckling bent his head, expecting to be attacked. Instead, he saw his own reflection in the water. He could hardly believe his eyes. He was no longer an ugly gray duckling. He was a beautiful white swan. All the other swans fussed around their new friend. Some children came to the water's edge. Look, there's a new swan on the lake, cried one. It's the most beautiful swan I've ever seen. Then the old swans bowed before the young swan. He had never been so happy in his entire life. Max and Bear by Susan Quinn and David Creighton Pester. Bear loved Max. Max loved Bear. Every day they had adventures together. And every night, Bear would tell Max wonderful bedtime stories. One day, Max and Bear were flying kites with Dad. Suddenly, a gust of wind pulled the kite out of Max's hands. The string wrapped around Bear and the kite carried him up into the sky. Bear was flying. Bear flew off toward the woods, far away from Max and Dad, but then, help, cried Bear as he tumbled down, down through the trees before landing in a bush with a bump. Bear's head hurt and he drifted off into a strange sleep. He dreamed about Max having dinner without him, sitting quietly in the bathtub instead of chasing pirate ships and staring sadly out of the window. But when he dreamed about Max missing his bedtime stories, Bear woke up. It was dark as he peeked out from under the bush. There were strange shadows on the ground and the wind made funny noises as it whistled and whooshed through the trees. And there was a strange thumping getting closer and closer and closer. Who's there, cried Bear. Oh, sorry we frightened you, said Rabbit, who was with Badger and Mouse. Are you lost? Bear told him about the kite carrying him away. I must get home, he cried. Max won't sleep without my bedtime stories. We'll help you, said Badger. Do you know the way? It's too dark, said Bear. Then we'll wait for Moon, squeaked Mouse. Hop on my back, said Badger, when Moon appeared. Badger and Rabbit ran through the forest with Moon's silvery glow lighting their way. We're nearly home, shouted Bear when they reached the clearing where Max had flown his kite. Thank you for helping me, said Bear when they arrived home. But how will I get inside? That's easy, said Rabbit, thumping on the door. Rabbit, Mouse, and Badger hid as Bear waited. Dad opened the door and Max rushed out. Bear, he cried, I thought you'd flown away. Dad scratched his head. How did Bear get here? Bear can do anything, said Max, hugging him tightly. That night, Bear told Max the best bedtime story ever. It was about flying through the sky, being lost in the spooky woods, and meeting brilliant new friends. And Max drifted off to sleep, happy that Bear was safely back where he belonged.
Super Chimp by Giles Paley Phillips. Way down in the jungle, swinging through the trees, is mighty superhero whose favorite food is fleas. When animals are in trouble and they give it a little yelp from out of nowhere, Super Chimp appears to lend his help. He's faster than a cheetah and he's stronger than a bear. He can fly just like an eagle and he has red underwear. Everyone loves Super Chimp because he's strong and brave. He's got a groovy chimpmobile and a snazzy secret cave. When Baby Parrot flies too high and gets stuck in a tree, her cries are heard by Super Chimp, who helps to set her free. When Lion has a splinter and Hippo stuck in muck, Super Chimp's on hand to help. They just can't believe their luck. Super Chimp's our hero, all the animals rejoice. But far off in the distance, they hear a booming voice. It's getting rather late, young man. I think it's time for bed. In the moonlight, Mom appears, and Super Chimp goes red. Mom gives him a cuddle. She can see he's gone quite shy. You can save your friends tomorrow. For now, let's say goodbye. Being a hero is dangerous, and it can be really great. But remember, your mom might get upset if you ever stay out too late.